You're listening to a 2XFM Subject ACT podcast. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, stories with a global dimension. Now, the works of Mervyn Bishop, one of Australia's most prolific and influential photographers, is being celebrated in an exhibition that has opened at the National Film and Sound Archive here in Canberra. The exhibition's images have been drawn from the collection of the Art Gallery of New South Wales. With me to talk about Mervyn Bishop and this exhibition is Art Gallery of New South Wales curator, Kobe Edgar. Thanks for joining me, Kobe. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, Kobe, Mervyn Bishop's images of culture, politics and people have had quite an impact on our understanding of Australian history. What has sparked this exhibition? Why now? Why now? Well, Mervyn's last retrospective was in 1991, curated by Tracy Moffat at the um, Australian Centre of Photography. Um, so it was a while ago. Um, and then what happened is um, Mervyn gifted his, um, his archives are housed at our library. Um, we have an artist archive, um, his artist archive there at the library. And it was about time that we had another show to talk about Mervyn's prolific practice, really. So about four years ago now, Shari let the archivist at the gallery at the time and I co-curated a show of his with archival material, some of his cameras and the works in our collection. That then toured for about uh, four years it's been now and the National Film and Sound Archive asked us if we would like to collaborate to beef out the show a little bit with some content from their archives. So we said yes and began work. Well, let's talk about the man himself. Where does Mervyn's story start and how did he get into photography? Born in 1945 in Bree Warner, Mervyn Bishop was um, a photographer from the age of about 10. His mother actually was a, uh, an amateur photographer and used to love taking photos of the family. She had a little box brownie, I think, from memory. That oh, he, really? Yeah, a little box brownie and a Kodak 620, I think it's called. His mother was, uh, was, was pivotal in, in that. She, she used to take photos and, and there was a flood in Bree Warrener at one point and Mervyn stole her camera and went down and took photos of all the big planes that had to land to, um, get supplies to their town mm. at Dubbo at the time. After that, he, he saw his first print being done by one of his schoolmates' dads in their home and that process looked like magic to him. He saw the, the photographs come to life in the dark room and he was hooked, basically. From there, he took a cadetship at the Sydney Morning Herald in the early 60s, um, jumped on a train and went to the Sydney Morning Herald and worked for them for three years where he honed his skills and became the absolute master of printing and photography that he is today. 60 years later, we now have uh, a massive collection of images that speak to Australian politics, some of um, Aboriginal Australia's most famous faces, the people that changed our world, and it's all on display at the National Film and Sound Archive now. He also lived and worked right here in Canberra for a time, didn't he? Yeah, he worked for the Department of Aboriginal Affairs when that was first established. Um, he travelled around to a lot of Aboriginal communities in New South Wales especially and photographed um, the communities and the living situations of Aboriginal people at the time to be sent back to the department. And some of those works are photographs are on display as well. They're, they're beautiful, intimate photos of Aboriginal people in community. Um, he also travelled all around as well with that job 
all around Australia. So there's an extensive collection of photographs of Aboriginal people from, you know, the last 60 years, basically. He also captured one very critical historic moment in 1975 with Gough Whitlam and Vincent Lingari. Uh, could you describe for me that photograph and what it was about, what the backstory is there? Well, if Mervyn was to describe it, which I've heard him describe it many times, he says that um, he got the call to go up to Wadi Creek and so him and his mate, who was the photographer at the um, Women's, Women's Weekly, I think it was, Women's Day, Women's Weekly? Oh, yeah, really? Weekly. Yeah, so they jumped on the plane. I'm not sure if he had a journalist with him at that point in time. He wasn't sure what was going to go on. He was told that um, Gough Whitlam was going to be there and he was doing something or other. Um, and then they caught the little plane back out, um, out to Wadi Creek and got there and Vincent was there with him and it was a, it was a press conference to hand back the land. Um, and the press conference happened in a little shed, which you can see in, in the, in the background of the image. Mervyn recognised that it was probably going to be a bit too dark of an image in, in that shady, um, in that shady shed. So Mervyn went up and asked Mr. Whitlam and said, would you mind coming outside? They went outside and he, he positioned the deeds in the left hand of Mr. Lingari and Goff bent down and picked up the soil and started to pour it into his hands and that's how he took the shot. It's uh, one of the most iconic photos in Australian history, I think. I would hope so. I, I think so, yes, indeed. It is. It's, it's such a hopeful image as well. I think it's one of the few times that we've seen politicians and Aboriginal people really see each other eye to eye. Mm. It became a real icon for both the uh, Aboriginal rights movement and Australian photography. Indeed, it did, yeah. Um, it's, been, um, count- it's been reproduced countless times and is mentioned in songs and is one of, yes, I think that his famous image for sure. Yes. It, yeah, it was a very proud and poignant moment and the image really carried a powerful story. But in all his works, Mervyn challenged stereotypes, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Well, he couldn't help it, just being the man he is and where he's from. Um, and working in, in press photography, he's the first ever Indigenous person to, to work in, in press photography. So he was always going to challenge the profession that he lived and worked in for, you know, 60 years now. The beautiful thing about Merv is that you're getting the person behind the camera and the person in front of the camera have equal power structures when you're talking about his photographs of Indigenous people, which is not something that you'd seen before Mervyn. Mm. And he's won a few awards as well. Just a couple. Um, <laughs> probably his most significant one would be the one that uh, the Nikon Press Photography Award in 1971 with, with the photograph Life and Death Dash. With it, it pictures a nun with a young Aboriginal boy in his checkered dressing gown bounding into the hospital. A lot of people thought that it was a, um, a photograph of the stolen generation, which it isn't at all. It was actually a young boy who had um, gotten into his mother's pill cabinet and was being rushed into hospital to um, receive treatment. Oh, gosh. But it just showed, like, the, the fact that it was always mistaken as a, um, a stolen generation photograph really um, showed the, the, the psyche of the nation at the time. Mm. His work not only focused on news photography, did it? His career is quite diverse. No, he's done he's done news photography, he's done still photography, um, for, you know, Warwick Thornton, 
He's done lots of um, portraits at the moment or for the last you know, part of his career he's been documenting a lot of elders within especially New South Wales so he does a lot of portrait photogra- photography. He's done a bit of everything really but when you're a master of the trade like that you can just switch like that quite quite easily. Mm. And it's always essential for a portrait photographer I think to have a lot of empathy for the people that you're working with. Massively, and I think the, the the reason that Mervyn is so successful is because of his character. He's he's quite a short man, and he's not he's he's quite a joker. He puts you at ease quite easily, and he also makes you familiar with the camera. He's always he's always carrying one, and basically, as soon as he meets him, he snaps a photo of you. So you don't really get a choice <laughs> but to get comfortable very quickly. So because of that, you're just um, you're used to him being around with the camera, and I guess then he he ends up taking you know some shots and out of those shots he'll, he'll get you in in the light that he has been manipulating you to be in the whole time. <laughs> now we all know that a picture tells a thousand words. Can you describe to me just one more of Mervyn's images, the feelings it evokes in you and the stories it tells? Sure. There's a there's a particular work in the collection called Girl Paws Tea. It's Burnt Bridge. And it's a beautiful image of a young Aboriginal woman in a shanty, uh, a tin shanty. We actually managed to find her, um, her mother is in, in the collection as well and in another one of the photographs. And it's, it's just, it's just a very moving image of, um, you know, this young lady sitting down pouring tea with a, a beautifully pressed tablecloth. But the truth is that she lives in a tin hut. The living conditions are horrible. She had a, you know, a dirt floor, but the amount of pride, of resilience, and uh, it's just humbling to look at that image, especially as a young Indigenous person. You know, the living situations that Aboriginal people have in some parts of Australia, it's, it's still disgusting. It's, it's, uh, it's, it hurts me to, to think of how, um, how little, um, they, they live with. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, their lives are, are built on the smell of an oily rag, but that doesn't stop them from having pride in what they do have. And I think that that's what this image shows. It shows mm-hmm. that resilience and it shows that pride. And it's, it's an image that I think will, will move me for most of my life, if not all of my life. Oh, it sounds very evocative. Thank you, Kobe, for taking the time to talk with me about an exhibition that promises to be truly engaging for visitors and locals alike. I hope that you all go down and see it. The National Film and Sound Archive has done such an amazing job of um, uh, of working with us and um, the content that they have added just adds such an amazing new dimension to Merv's work and Merv's practice and his life. You, you really get a sense of the people he's photographed and a sense of who he is as a man. So I'm, I hope that you guys all get down to see it. I've been talking with Kobe Edgar, curator at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, about Mervyn Bishop and an exhibition of his life and works that's opened at the National Film and Sound Archive here in Canberra. Now, the exhibition, which is running until the 1st of August, is ticketed, so jump onto the National Film and Sound Archive website for details. Thanks again, Kobe. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day. I'm Hedda Murray for Subject ACT. XXXFM, 98.3 in Canberra, or streaming online at 2XXFM.org.au.